When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Crack fans. We are live at the inaugural ATP 175 event here in Phoenix, and I am joined to my left by the current world number 188. It is a pleasure to be joined here by Emilio Nava. Emilio, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. My first question, because I know your brothers will ask, so I got to ask you first, how are they doing? Pretty good, pretty good. First of all, thanks for having me here. You know, I love love a little podcast setup, uh, talking to them, just having fun, and uh, pretty good. Yeah, like you said, here in Phoenix, uh, you said challenger, but it feels like an ATP. You know, yeah. this tournament's unbelievable. Uh, the course, the way they treat the players. I mean, I can't, can't wait to get the week started. Yeah, no, yeah. I love to hear that. And it was so weird for me because, uh, first of all, for those that don't know, your older brother, Eduardo, someone I've covered throughout the course of our time here at Crack Rackets. I saw him as the volunteer assistant for Wake Forest. I was like, you're not coaching. I was like, because that means I'm really old and I don't <laughs> like this at all. And so, yeah, right. again, I, I hope your family's doing well. But Thank obviously you. I want to talk about you here now as well. You entered this week 188 in the world. And, you know, that's right around your career high. Obviously, you were able to win your first challenger title last season. I'm curious as, you know, we're about yeah. two months into 2023. How would you assess your level where your game's at right now? Yeah, um... I think it's going going pretty well, you know. A bit, bit of a bit of a rocky start start of 2023, but uh, you know I'm doing better than I was last year, right? I'm healthy, I'm feeling good, you know. Won some two matches here last two days, so that that's been a big help. Played Indian Wells last week as well, and uh, you know just every match, every week, just try to try to play a little bit better, you know, be a little more positive, and I think that'll that'll just at the end make you make you be a little more competitive in these matches. Sure. Yeah. And you mentioned the qualifying victories you had. You were able to win two wins. I know it had been a while for you a little bit since you've been able to be in the winner's circle. You know, talk to me about what clicked in your game and what did it mean to you to get a couple of victories here to start the week? It meant a lot because I think I was on like a, what, seven-match loss. You said it. It's true. Yeah, yeah. something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, so seven true. matches. So, uh, you, know, you know, up a set, up a break, you start thinking, oh, like, you know, can I, can I actually do this? Like, you know, I haven't been able to do it lately. You know, but it can I and I mean, you just gotta you just focus in the moment, you know, what am I gonna serve, what am I gonna return, just every second and just hopefully hopefully competing and being positive is enough and the last two days it was, so pretty happy about how, how I came out on top. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're now 21 years old and you've been a pro now three, four years. I'm curious for you at this stage of your career, do you feel like you have a better grasp on the routines of life on the pro tour? Has life been, it does it get easier as you continue to progress? Um, I think it does get a little bit easier. You know, I think you get a little more used to it. You know, you, at the beginning I was just, you know, practice, go back to the hotel and just chill the whole day you <laughs> yeah, know sure. and I was like you know it's not as productive as I want to be mm-hmm. right so now I try to look for like you know there's a really good library here yeah. there's also the the art museum as well so you know just trying to get around you know looking at different parts of the city you know getting sure. a little more culturized 
So that's the word I think. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and yeah, then, cultured, uh, same cultured, thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, just trying to trying to just disconnect a little bit off the court when when you're not playing, mm-hmm. and just let your mind just be a little a little more relaxed. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fascinating for me to hear because you're a guy who obviously elected to forego the college tennis route. You're also someone who I feel like has done a lot of international playing. And by that sense, I mean, obviously, you're an American. You could be here in America playing challengers with your rankings. Yeah. could have been playing American-based futures. And you did that some, but you took more of a you know, European or, dare I say, global focus to your schedule. I'm curious why that was the choice you made. Yeah, I think is uh, I think I made that choice because I'm also I'm based in Spain sure. at a Juan Carlos Ferrer Academy. So, uh, you know, we got a really good team out there, and I think it's just been you know easier for the travel. You know, play a couple challengers over there. Obviously, still come to the states because born and raised here, so no place like home. And uh, you know, these big t- these little bigger tournaments, I'll always come to the states. You know, I'm never like oh you know I'd rather stay in Europe than go to the states. You know, I'd, I'd never think like that. Yeah. And uh, you know Uber Eats, Chipotle, so <laughs> yeah. nothing better. Right? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so I think I think just the uh, the travel and the expenses, you know, it's a little cheaper just to stay stay in Europe since I'm training there. So, yeah. yeah, no, I mean obviously it's worked for your game, and you know I'm I'm not sure if you've been interviewed about it since. I know it's been about a year, but for you to be able to capture your first challenger title last season, what did that mean to you? And to just be a top 200 player entering your age 21 year, you know, what do those things mean to you? How do you hope to build? on them this season yeah i mean i think i think it was pretty massive last year winning my first uh my first challenger because the year before i won my first future mm-hmm. and then i won my challenger hopefully this year i can win an atp <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the dream right for sure but uh but it was big i was i think i was like 205 mm-hmm. going into a u.s open and then i ended up winning my first round there and i broke 200 and i was i was super stoked about that you know i was like if every week I can just win a match or two, you know, and just make my ranking slowly climb climb up at the end, you know, you'll you'll eventually get there as long as you're as long as you're competing and just playing day in, day out. So mm-hmm. hopefully, no, hopefully keep it rocking. And I want to ask about your tennis. I promise we're going to get done with the boring stuff yeah. in a second here. But, you know, again, as we look at where you're at in the rankings, I always say affectionately 180, great place to be kind of the vomit zone because you're like, do I go play challengers? Do I go play ATP qualies? And right now, I guess we're on camera. So some viewers may be able to see you shaking your head in agreement, but to the (laughs) podcast listeners who don't see that you are shaking your head in agreement. Is that the most difficult choice? And how do you go about making it? Yeah, it's tough. I was actually talking about with my coach yesterday. We were like, you know, I mean, what do we, what do we do? Do we, do we play, you know, do we take a little, I guess, safer route playing challengers and getting the main draws and trying to get some more points in or matches in? Or do we, you know, go test our luck in a couple ATPs? And uh, it's a tough decision. But I, like I told me yesterday, you know, it, it's a good problem to have. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I'd rather be 180 and trying to figure this out than I mean, trying to see if I can get into challengers or that stuff. So I think it's it's trying to trying to look at the positive way and just it's it's a good problem to have. And I mean, hopefully I can win a couple matches here and yeah. that problem will get a little a little less. But. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes the next couple of months. <laughs> well, to that end, obviously, here in Phoenix, round number one, and it's raining right now, so your match has been delayed, but you're supposed to face Richard Gasquet in round number one. Now, you're even younger than I am, which makes me sad, but <laughs> obviously, that means your lifetime you know, in tennis has been watching Richard Gasquet on TV. You've certainly seen him it play has, the yeah. matches. You know what to expect with the one-handed backhand. For sure. What do you look forward to most about that challenge? Um... Honestly, I just hope he plays a he plays a pretty good match. You no, know, just just to see where where my levels at, you know. Okay. And I know that backhand it's it's been a pretty 
pretty big weapon his whole career. And I mean, I have grown up seeing him on TV. Yeah. So that also doesn't really make me as nervous as I thought it would. You know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty calm. I'm pretty, pretty focused on my side of the net. I know he's going to play great. And uh, hopefully we can just have a, a sick match and just battle it out. Yeah. Well, let's get to your side of the net then. Now we can talk a little bit about tennis. I don't think anyone, or I think everyone who watches you play, you know, no one can accuse you of hitting the ball softly. That's not an <laughs> issue for Emilio Nava. He's going to go full swing, you know, Mach 5 at all times. Right. And, and I'm curious, you know, how do you... Because I always say, there are times when I'll be watching you or anyone and you hit a forehand, I'm like, I would just like to do that once. How do you find that balance of, again, knowing you have those weapons and reining it in? Because I'm sure that's been the challenge. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely has. You know, there's moments where it's like, I don't know, important point, and uh, (laughs) I ended up going for a pretty big shot and ended up missing it after the match. My coach goes like, yo, why why don't you just like spin it in claws? (laughs) Just make it in, play it out. I go like, I don't know, I just... I wouldn't. I wouldn't respect myself at night <laughs> yeah. if I, if I, just, if I sure. just push it in like that, you know. So I think that's been a that's been a, a good balancing point, you know, trying to figure out when to do this, when to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think I'll always be that, you know, you know, fire, fire in my belly type of guy where I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna rip it when I have it. And uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But <laughs> sure. hopefully the the when it does work it works a little the bit more the pendulum swinging yeah, your exactly. way and i just want listeners yeah. or viewers to know i can see in your eyes you're like they lights up when you're like yeah if i get a forehand it's time to go I'm after going the for forehand. It, yeah. that again time. respect my friend yeah. like i just wish i could do that once and you know again with a match like sk on the horizon playing challenger levels now the way you do and so many of those challenger guys we see immediately go straight from the challenger level to the pro tour what do you think is your best weapon right now in terms of how you go about finding success match in match out on the court um like like during the point and like yep, forehand back in or just yeah, again, yeah, all while you're yeah for sure i mean i think i think this preseason we worked a lot on my uh, on my surf okay right making it a little bit more consistent at, at higher speeds right so i think that's that's a, that's being a pretty big a uh, pretty big part in 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 tennis especially now especially in men's tennis where you know if you get broken it's it's pretty it's pretty tough to come back. So we've been really focusing on trying to get high percentage and adding some miles an hour to the serve. So I think I think I'm doing a pretty good job of that and just just trying to make it a little more consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the same token, is that the shot you're looking to work at most? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just yeah, sure. just as, a, just as I, I have all all my confidence in my serve, you know, I also still wanna still wanna keep trying to improve it. But of course, you know, my slice needs to work, my backhand <laughs> needs to work. My volleys need work. I mean, yeah, honestly, need work. my forehand needs work as well. So, I mean, mostly all of it needs work. Sure. But, uh, but there's definitely days where, you know, it all clicks and you're all feeling great and you feel like, oh, you know, they can hit to my backhand. I'm going to make every shot. But that's a couple couple days out of the year. So mm-hmm. you just try to work on everything day in, day out and just try to just try to fine-tune it. It's interesting. When I was watching tennis when I was younger and, like, I'll just bring up the name, whatever. From four, or really 16 to 19 for me, you'd watch a guy like Stefan Kozlov, and you were just so compelled because at 12 years old, he was as good as he is now. And it was just like the feel, the touch, all these different things. It was really compelling to watch. The thing is, the more pro tennis I watch, the more I feel like you have to have a weapon. You have to have a way to make life easy for yourself. Have you found yourself feeling similar throughout these first three years? Most definitely. I think, I mean, the transition from the juniors into the pros. Yeah. Right. It was I was going from playing kids my age, 18, 17 years old to now I'm playing first round of qualities. A guy that's like 26. Yeah, sure. Right. And like can hit a big, pretty big shot. And I was like, well, the only way I can win this match is if if is if I is if I hit winners, you know, because yeah. I'm not going to just put the ball in cross. You know, he's going to rip it down the line. So 
and I think I have pretty nice game style for that, you know, because I can I can also rip it whenever I can inject that pace. So I'm kind of happy, kind of happy my mom, you know, gave me that forehand. So. Yeah, <laughs> just, oh, good. That's yeah, where the credit yeah. goes to. Well, again, well, just the last few questions because I know you got to go. Um, looking at this Phoenix event, you, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Talk to me about how this event differs than some of the others because I'm here on the grounds and I'm like, oh my God, where are we? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. it's, I mean, it's pretty, the scheduling's pretty good too because it's, yeah. uh, it's the, the second week of Indian Wells before Miami. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the players that don't make it as well in the f- second week of Indian Wells can come here and play. And I mean, just look at the draw, you know, you have Berrettini, <laughs> Schwartzman t- got taken out yesterday. Yeah. I mean, by Borges. So, I mean, it's it's super competitive out here, and uh, and I'm lucky enough to get into the main draw. So hopefully, I can, I can, I can make some noise. That's what I love to yeah. hear. Well, last question: You talk about competition. Eduardo, Emilio, Diego. We need a fourth in the mix too. Ernesto's your cousin, right? Ernesto's and Ernesto's cousin. the fourth. Yeah. Then that'll be the fourth. Yeah. Four of you go yeah. on the court. Who walks away standing? Yeah, I mean. I mean, I, I think, I think it would probably be Eduardo. Yeah, Eduardo's an absolute menace. Yeah. Eduardo's a dog. You know, he got that that college side of him, so yeah. he won't he won't let anything pass him. And uh, I'll give him a run for his money, but I think there'll be there'll be some pretty good matches yeah, in there so for were sure. Were you watching? Because were Emilio and Diego like a match away from playing last year in the NCAs? I want to say they were. They were. Right? They were. Uh, Eduardo won first round. Yeah. And then he played the guy that beat Diego. Right, that's yeah. what it was. It's if he yeah. would have won, they would have I remember. I remember when the draw came out and I saw them, they were going to play second round and I was like, no, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I didn't want to play second round. Like, in the <laughs> yeah. finals, maybe, but yeah. the second round, no, but then Diego unfortunately lost, but I mean, he, his dream was to play the NCAA, so I mean, that was, he was, he was super stoked about that and mm-hmm. I, uh, I watched his match and he was super cool about that and, uh, he had a really good uh, last last college semester playing mm-hmm. tennis in Xavier. So shout out to him and he uh, yeah, he really got work done there. And Eduardo, I mean, guy's a legend. Yeah, exactly. Well said. And you know, the, I guess this will be my last question. What does it mean to come from a tennis family, a tennis playing family, to have yeah. that as like a, a unifying thing amongst the Navas? What does that mean to you all? Yeah. Well, my dad actually ran track and field. Right. <laughs> okay, he, sure. he ran the the 400 meter and 100 meter. So he kind of. He kind of taught us, I guess, how to be athletes, mm-hmm. right? You know, we started off running track and field, you know, long jump, sprints, 400 meters, 100 meters. And uh, I could never beat Diego. Diego <laughs> was the fastest one. But then um, then once we kind of established that, you know, we started playing a little more tennis. Sure. And, you know, my dad kind of worked us into playing tennis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then my mom started coaching us. And, you know, it's it's been really competitive at home between mm-hmm. the three of us and uh, I think it's really good being a, a tennis family you know I think we have a bit, a bit of trouble disconnecting yeah. from being the you know the family to the tennis family yeah, you know, sure. kind of that, that middle ground that balance but I think we're we're still we're still figuring it out and we're still trying to trying to get it together see I expect you to say yeah Diego used to always beat me and then I turned 12 and then you're like <laughs> and then I never lost again no, <laughs> so no coming no. from a three brother family though as well I know uh, obviously what it means to have siblings who can help push you in your sport I also can say I'm the middle and I know the youngest is always the most talented because they have it the easiest and that's what we have here obviously <laughs> in the Nava family but no Avilio Nava thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us obviously sure. wishing you luck not just this week but throughout the rest of your 2023 season and always a spot for you on our show thank you so much pleasure pleasure being here yeah for of course sure. pleasure thank to you have guys. you my friend